The Puritan's Guide to Fall Songs Guide. All right, so we will start now. Uh, hello, everybody. Hello. Good, good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whenever you're listening to this, right. so we're actually we're actually back together in a house now. So that's kind of yeah, cool. We're looking at each other from across the room, and not over a weird internet connection yeah and having to stop and be like no you go ahead <laughs> <laughs> we'll still be doing a bit of that I, I in think, this episode but we'll you know i'll yeah. be able to signal him a little better that you know one of the, up that's one it's one of the worst one of the worst uh new things that started happening since when the pandemic started was everybody going no no you go no you go ahead you go ahead <laughs> fucking everywhere uh Anyway, just trying to be respectful of people. No, you here. should be. I, you know, I don't. I don't want to step on people's toes or talk over people or interrupt. No, in the same way, but it's just like every day. Every day, everyone's doing that, and it's just. It's like, true. Uh, no, I'm, you go. You go. Ahead. I'm no, very lucky not. that I don't have to do many meetings, and so I don't have to worry about <laughs> right, this sort right. of thing. So, uh, it's like it's it's kind of like living in Portland in a way. <laughs> Walking downtown, probably. No, oh, no. I'm sorry. Excuse me. No, go no. Ahead. Please, oh, you go ahead. You go ahead. So anyway, we're gonna uh, talk about our favorite, least favorite cover because we don't want to leave uh, Brent hanging or anyone else who decides that they want to do this. It's true because I had a, I had a. Uh, at least I had someone I was trying to get on the podcast who I still will. We can talk about this after. <laughs> okay. But that was her first pick was like a cover song. And I was like, you know, it's a cover, right? And she didn't. Whatever oh, it was. Right. And I was like, maybe I don't want you on this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I think she'll be great. All are welcome. Yes. <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, all right. So you want, you want to go first? You want me to go first? What, uh, should we just do like our favorites first, our least favorites first? What do you want? How do you want to play this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why don't you just go with your favorite and I'll go with my favorite. Okay. That works. So my favorite was uh, Black Monk Theme Part 1, which is the Falls cover of I Hate You by the Monks. <laughs> um, That's right. It's on the album Extricate, uh, one of my favorite fall records. And <clears throat> yeah, me too. Um, I think that is part of the reason I like it so much. A, because it's on one of my favorite fall records and B, because I love the Monks so very much and right if you if anyone listening is not familiar with the monks i mean this is not really possible i don't think anyone listening to this podcast <laughs> you probably know who they are but it, just in case so the monks were a group of five gis who met in germany and there was they're stationed over there and they all kind of got discharged or left the army around the same time and stayed in germany and started a band called the monks this really crazy heavy garage rock band um, where they were wearing like monk robes and shaved their heads yeah. and the tonsure and everything. <laughs> and their instrumentation was, you know, drums, organ, bass, guitar, and banjo. And just the most aggressively just angular garage rock yeah. that I've ever heard. And they released one album, Black Monk Time, around the, when I think, when, I don't remember when that came out, like 66, 67, maybe, yeah, I think somewhere around there. Only released in Germany, and it's one of those cult classics that has sort of been building up steam ever since. And I first heard about it uh, when Henry Rollins had his sort of boutique label, Infinite Zero, and that was one of the first things he reissued was that record with some bonus material. When was that? Oh, that would have been in the mid to late 90s, I I was going to say, I think it was the... Okay. I didn't realize it was Henry Rollins who reissued that first. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, so he yeah he had that label. He, he like released some Devo records and the first couple of Gang of Four things and some great jazz stuff. And um, <clears throat> yeah, anyway, so it's since like been reissued a number of times. Over um, there was the the, the in house record label of uh, other music in New York put out like a another set called five upstart americans it was like the other oh. sort of demos and some live stuff that they recorded but i don't think i've ever listened to that one it's great okay yeah i mean all their stuff is great for the most yeah, part yeah. They've, they've since like got back together they did before i think one of the i think the drummer passed away not too long ago but they got back together for a stretch and played a couple of garage fests yeah and, i remember that I remember they played like i think they were playing like a garage fest in new york and the night before the singer Gary Berger is his name. If I hope I'm getting that right, like fucked up his voice just doing that one show and couldn't sing the next night. So they had to have some like ringer come in to do <laughs> the vocals on most of the songs. So that's pretty funny. Anyway, so <laughs> uh, yeah, I you know the fall covered this and I, there's another. I think they did Oh How to Do Now on Extricate as well. This like Black Monk thing part two. Oh, and okay. Awesome. So. Uh, clearly, Marky Smith amongst fan, which makes sense to me. You know, just like this weird, obscure garage rock that I think he really loves. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and and I this was the point where they were starting to really embrace a lot more uh, dance music in the mm-hmm. production because uh, that record they had uh, that dance that electronic duo Cold Cut produced a couple of the songs on the record, uh, and you know Marky Smith was on the first Cold Cut album doing vocals on a song and so he knew those guys and they were fans of the fall and so a natural i think uh collaboration yeah so they were yeah it's getting some some dance music elements in there and kind of adapted the song for this new realm and uh yeah i think it works really well with marky smith's voice yeah it works well yeah so one of of my favorites yeah the thing i liked about it was that um and i'm going to talk about this with my favorite a little but okay so with a lot of fall covers a lot of it just seems to be sort of a beefed up version of the original yeah rather than doing anything with it yes quote unquote so and i think that um i think that that one is not one of the ones where it's just a beefed up version of the original because the original is like it's hard to describe like there's an actual rhythm yeah that for the black for the monks because um and it has an actual name but i can't remember what it is now but i read it somewhere like i remember years ago and being like oh yeah yeah but like all their songs are just like junk 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 yeah junk, 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 junk. train type rhythm yeah, you know? yeah, yeah 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 it's like it's crazy garage polka thing yes <laughs> um so so all so basically the monks did that rhythm with like all their songs and so if you were going to do that, it would be kind of unmistakable as to what it would be. So yeah. what they did was they kind of flattened it out a bit and added the dance music elements yeah. to it. Um, sort of they they psych they they made it I think even more psychedelic than the original version. Yeah, I think so as well. Like I think that's what I like about it is just that. Um, yeah, like I said, they they did something with it. Yeah. Because uh, I think I think you are you are dead on about the other covers that the fall do where it's just like we're gonna do sort of our version of this George Jones song, or, yeah, you know, F Old Money or any of those ones, you know? yeah. Because that was yeah, because that was one I was thinking about doing, but then I was just like, oh, yeah, and, and even like, um, God, the the big ones like Mr. Pharmacist is 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 exactly like yes. the original. Victoria think, is the same way, yeah, for the most part, yeah. Um, it might change. They might change. 
I think with Mr. Pharmacist, the fast part might be a little different. Yeah. Or something. But other than that, it's the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, Victoria at all are basically just the same thing with the fall doing it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I appreciated that. Quite sure. So. Side note about uh, I Hate You, the original version, I just remembered this, was that uh, if you've never heard it, you might have had a chance to hear a part of it because it actually plays in the background of a scene in The Big Lebowski. Like for some oh, reason, yes, it's like in, it? in like one of the uh, one of the bowling alley scenes. Right. It's playing right. in the over the sound system, and I was like, remember watching the theater going, "Is that the monks?" Which is, you know, yeah, I think yeah. I think it was one of the the soundtracks that Tebow Burnett kind of really had a hand in putting together, and so he had oh, like yeah. that and that crazy uh, Gypsy Kings version of Hotel California that makes that song miles better than the original. Oh, totally, st- stuff like that. So I remember, yeah. No, and then the the Kenny Rogers, uh, yeah, the team. first edition song, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, that that the the yeah, I haven't seen that in years, but every time I've watched it, I've watched it so intently that I'm always like, <laughs> when somebody brings it up, I'm always like, oh yeah, yeah, we were Lebowski. oh, we were down at the uh, there's a uh, <clears throat> a bar down near where I work that has that is kind of like Lebowski themed and is, they, is that has, I think another one you're talking about what's, yeah, what's yeah. the name I can't remember <laughs> is it the big Legrelski? it is that's oh. why god damn it I was hey. trying to forget that anyway we played a show there once oh that's right you guys did and oh, it was man. it was interesting it was it was it was fun uh I, I, yeah, more about that later but anyway <laughs> there was this one there was the that one of their uh cups has the guy with the art on that like jesse treehorn was the oh yeah and i had totally forgotten about that i was just like what is that why does this guy have a boner on the glass <laughs> somebody had to tell me i was like oh right oh man that's funny yeah yeah so uh yeah. Anyway, it's a good bar. Uh, it's in the in a weird spot. It's like near Pals. Yeah, but it's like in that weird <coughs> park blocks where yeah. there's that park with the big elephant. Right, right. Little elephant out it's there. It's like uh, shit. Yeah. Oh, that's Cooch Street. Yeah. Basically, we're looking for a sponsorship from the Big Lebowski. So <laughs> yeah. If you know anybody, please give us a call. Or the Cooch family. Or the Cooch family. <laughs> the Gleasons. The Pals, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. The uh, schnitzers, if the schnitzers want to throw us some money, we are more than willing to take it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So everyone else should just keep their money because we don't need it. But uh, are you an extra K fan of? I think we've talked about extra K yeah, before, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We've talked what, about that a bunch. That was that wonderful time for me, like growing up in. They're spending a few years in Massachusetts listening to college radio. Yeah. Where, like the college radio station would actually play telephone thing. <clears throat> And you're like, oh, sweet, the fall on here. Yeah, like yeah. they'd never play, you know, totally wired or something like that. They right. play the new stuff, but still, it's pretty great to hear that yeah, on the radio. Yeah. The uh, yeah, I was in Southeast Kansas at that point, and I was just getting ready to move up to Lawrence, which did have great, like, ah, uh, yes, uh, college radio. But uh, on Sunday nights, so I, I lived near Pittsburgh State University, which hmm. is in Pittsburgh, Kansas, without the H. So uh, it's also where that's where James Tate did his undergrad. So it's kind of this ah. interesting. It's also got. Uh, sorry, I, I went into Kansas history mode. So uh, <laughs> so it so the largest um, socialist newspaper in the United States used to be oh, down right. in Girard, Kansas, and so they have all the 
uh, archives of that stuff, and then Haldeman Julius, who ran that down in Gerard, uh, created the Little Blue Book series, which was right. where it was like the world literature, but they put them in very small books, so you could put them in your like shirt front pocket. So yeah. that's all there. So that's all at Pittsburgh. But they had a uh, college station, but it was all classical. But then on Sunday nights from like 11 to midnight or like midnight to one, one of those two, they would play, and this was like late 80s, early 90s. So mm. they, would, they would play like Butthole Surfers and like Black Flag for like an hour and Husker Du. And so that was a, where I heard a lot of that Whoa, stuff for the okay. first time. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. So I'd have to stay up late on the Sunday to catch that. Still. But still, it was pretty cool. Yeah. But um, I don't, they, they never played the fall. <laughs> and then I also had a teacher who I've mentioned before mm-hmm. who tried to get on here, but he refuses to. Uh, Fool. I know. I'm going to, I'll tell him you said that. You can um, cajole him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who saw, like, the Sex Pistols and stuff. Right, 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 So right. he had a huge record collection, so he was always making, like, mixtapes for my friends and I. That's so cool. Yeah, but yeah. he never he never had anything to do with the ball either. So uh, <laughs> I think he liked them, but he just never put anything, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I was at that. It was at that 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 sweet spot of like being around all these college radio stations. And and I mean, we didn't live in Boston. We live kind of near more near Plymouth, but mm-hmm. we still pick up like WBRU was the one that we oh, still yeah. the one the Brown University station. I think it's like super commercial now, but um, but even like WBCN would would have like Julian Cope would come on and do oh, like yeah. a live in studio performance and stuff. So they still had those little weird pockets of stuff happening in the commercial radio world. But yeah, it was all about the college stations for me. Right. Right. No, me that's being really the cool. annoying guy calling up and requesting Sonic Youth every other day, and, you know, <laughs> and they listened, so thank you. How, how old were you, a teenager then, or was it? I would have so younger? yeah, I would have been like twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Oh, so right really? in there. Okay. Yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah, that was around the time when I was into uh, early hip hop stuff. From same, yeah, watching uh, Night Flight. Yes, and also uh, Breaking in Beat Street. <laughs> I was really getting into hip hop at that time too, like uh, Public Enemy and the Native yeah. Tongue stuff and uh, Run DMC, and that was yeah, that was because of you'd hear a bit of that on, on the college radio station, but all that they they would segregate, and I will use that word, they would segregate <laughs> all the African American black themed st- shows to Sundays for yeah. the most part. So there'd be like interesting a lot of talk radio in the morning, in in the afternoon, and then then later you, they'd get into the hip hop shows and stuff, uh-huh. and so. A really awkward thing right you know? right but no, I, was de- uh, I was definitely into like run dmc and public yeah. enemy and stuff like that the beat street stuff was earlier yeah yeah <laughs> i didn't yeah I, was, I paid attention to that but it was really you know yeah it, it was really like later around like 89 that i started to really get into hip-hop and uh uh thanks to yeah thanks to mtv oh, as well you, yeah, you know mtv yeah, raps yeah. and watching bet yeah and yeah de la soul was big at that time absolutely too. yeah so all those yeah, anyway, so, uh, sorry, sorry, everyone. We're gonna, I'm not sorry. We're going to go back to uh, uh, the band that we were talking about here in a second. Um, All right, so I want I your favorite, then. I wanna, let's, uh, let's move on to your favorite. Yeah, yeah, no, I was going to say one thing about the monks. Oh, yeah. My friend Bill, Bill Lamboli, who was in, uh, I, I was in a band with in the Teriyaki's, mm-hmm. he was the one that first told me about the monks. And he, yeah, he, he basically said exactly what everyone says. He's like, these five army guys that were in Germany and they cut their hair and yeah. like the monks tonsure and then like you know they just played this great garage rock and yeah. so like I'd heard about them from him like several times mm-hmm. 
I think he probably had something on a tape or something. Sure. And then, like, yeah, I guess Rollins was the one that reissued it. But I remember the reissue mm-hmm. being really big in uh, in Lawrence at the time. Like, I'll everybody bet. was like, oh, yeah. So everybody bought a copy of that. Yeah. So, yeah. It was yeah, it was that, that was that sweet period of, you know... I don't know. For me, it was, I just look. I you know. I think just because I had my birthday recently, like I'm all nostalgic for things like this. But, you know, <laughs> you're getting just, old. Yeah, just I mean that's how you know it was. It was the the time of where it wasn't really acce- music like that wasn't as accessible as it might have been otherwise. No, it was really hard to. Well, the monks were. Yeah, like, the monks be- were. I'm, but I mean, for me, where I was living at those times, like if I didn't have. Uh, you know the input of my brother making me mixtapes right. and th- the radio stations like left of the dial stuff especially when we moved out here there was the one radio station in Astoria that we would listen to all the time and then then it was just like you know getting what little bits and pieces of information I could from MTV or magazines and stuff yeah so, I was gonna say so having like hearing that about the Rollins reissues was like that was my introduction to yeah to those guys and David S. Ware and uh, yeah, Gang of Four too. I think for them. Actually, well, no, I'd heard about them because of uh, Rolling Stone's best albums of the '80s list. Thank <laughs> nice. you very much. Um, well, that's nice. Yeah, mm. and uh, yeah, I forgot what some of the other stuff you reissued on that label. Um, maybe some Burroughs stuff. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. So it was a really good time for for that reissue stuff and like learning about that music. And that's why I kind of became really attached to the Monks just from hearing through about it through cool. through Rollins. Oh, nice. Rollins. Thanks, Henry Rollins. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure he's a big fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he listens to us all the time. Um, All right, so my, my pick, and like I said, I, I went through a few. Yeah. Uh, but I decided to choose the song War, um, which is on, I always forget this, it's on Middle Class Revolt, which is from okay. 94. It was, so, after doing some research... I, Wikipedia actually says it's a um, damn it why can't I never remember this Henry Cow song yeah which is true so it appears on a Henry Cow album but actually it's the two guys from Slap Happy whenever those two oh, guys right okay. so, the, so so I guess I should back up <laughs> Henry Cow's like an English band mm-hmm. uh, Fred Frith uh, Chris Cutler several other people um started it uh i think those two guys were also involved with art bears yes and um seems like there was another one i know frith has been in 500 million things yeah he's uh, he was in um there's this one great band i think they're called massacre and it's not like peter bratzman's version of massacre it's like right it's frith uh, Bill Laswell and I can never remember the drummer but uh, Charles Hayward takes it over on like a later album of theirs oh um, right so they were called who was that they were called Massacre and I, yeah I can't I can never remember the first drummer but um, anyway Frith's been around a long time and I yeah. like Frith a lot he did a great record <clears throat> with Richard Thompson and a couple other people oh right yeah the, yeah there's all kinds of one of my favorite things by him is like this uh, live show Mm -hmm. like where he's just sitting somewhere improvising with like all these gadgets and and pedals and stuff cool shot in mexico city i believe wow but i think that's like my favorite thing is it's really good okay so yeah check that that out i will um anyway so henry cow they were english they were prog that they were definitely left of most prog things yeah like 
avant-garde Prague. Uh, and later on, Chris Cutler um, kind of created this group uh, called Rock and Opposition, which mm. has now become a sound, strangely enough. But uh, <laughs> basically, he asked like some proggy groups from Europe to come over and play in England, and they called it the Rock and Opposition Festival, and they were op- in opposition to basically the music uh, business because the music business thought they were too weird to <laughs> make it anywhere, so they were like, fuck off, we'll have our own thing. So they did that a couple of years, and then like, um, and it was like Stormy Six and Universe Zero, and I'm probably pronouncing these incorrectly because... Oh, yeah, yeah. I think some of them are French, but there's like the <laughs> Salam Maman Mamas or whatever, and then like uh, oh okay Etron yeah. something or other the French ones. All the stuff on the Nurse with Wound list, right? Yeah, yeah. basically it's all the Nurse with Wound yeah. RIO bands. Like it was all it's, that stuff. It's so weird to think that it's so weird to think that those guys were like so in opposition to the music business and not being able to get heard in this music business, whatever. Since like Henry Cow was on Virgin for crying out loud. You know? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. That must've so, left a bad taste in their mouths or something. I would, I would guess that, I mean, they were on Virgin. They were, they were fairly well known. They had to be right. Oh because, yeah. <laughs> like, I imagine I mean, they were kind of big in England. I yeah. Mean, I mean, they're still, you know, reissuing their albums on CD and, and yeah, so it's not it, like, it, exactly. Yeah. Than a totally unknown quantity or anything. Um, yeah, it's not like it's not like the monks. Or Absolutely. Anything. So yeah. Um, anyway, so then there's this weird thing where um, these two guys, one's named Anthony Moore and one's named Peter Blegvad. Blegvad. Mm. I don't know. Blegvad. Blegvad. Whatever. The, yeah. Um So yeah, we're American. So what? Um, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, they were German, and then Dagmar, and I can't remember her last name. Is, Kraus? I think, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, she was the singer, and then those two dudes played the music, and they were definitely like classical, jazz-minded, that sort of stuff. But they so. decided to make like naive, weirdo pop, and then they started the band uh, Slap Happy. Mm-hmm. Slap with two Ps. Um, and then... They and Henry Cow got together and did a couple of albums. Um, one was Desperate Straits. That was the first one. And then the second one was In Praise of Learning. Mm. So, to end this ramble through history, uh, <laughs> War was actually recorded in 1974 for the first one, which is Desperate Straits, and then wasn't released until the second one, uh, In Praise okay. of Learning, for whatever reason. Oh, I get it. Okay. Was- yeah, but... Like, that was the only thing that Slap Happy brought to that album, I guess. Interesting. Yeah, so it's all pretty weird, like, as to what... I still... I I don't know any of the backstory of why they got together or whatever. I have no idea. It, seemed, it makes sense in my head, just that they're making this, like... <clears throat> they're both making these, like, sort of artful versions of pop and rock stuff, so... You know, I mean, they, it definitely they, makes sense. I'm just not to, sure what the yeah, hell is going on. Yeah. And then, like... But that was the last time they got together, and Dagmar kept singing with Henry Cow. Right. Yeah. That, that I remember. Yeah. So that, that, that went on, too. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, so anyway, and oh, one more thing that I found out from Wikipedia, strangely enough, <laughs> was that uh, the, t- the original title was called, uh, the song was called War is Energy Enslaved, which is from a 
William Blake poem. Hey. Weird. And then apparently um, the refrain within the song, which is violence competes or completes the partial mind, um, is a quote from W.B. Yeats, according to Chris Cutler in like the box set, apparently. Interesting. That they released in 2019. I haven't even seen that box set. I've so. never heard Hot in Air of that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, fascinating. So yeah, <clears throat> there you go. That's that's kind of a crazy history. Like I really, I'm, I'm a big Henry Cow fan, and the RIO like, same. Yeah. I was gonna say like that's my favorite kind of prog. Um, it's totally. just recently that I've started <laughs> liking more Yes songs. Like I'm not welcome. Yeah, I, I like Yes, but I was never like that into it. I was always more into like the weirder, more European stuff. I guess I don't yeah, know. They're I've... still European, but it's not like old school European. <laughs> I don't know how to, it's not like the complete art school guys. Yeah, it's it, it's that my I've only been like really delving into the world of prog rock through my friend Ned who's a huge has this book mm. on Italian prog that's like uh, you can't see it it's like 2 inches thick <laughs> on Italian prog and it's just like scores of entries about all these records that I've just never heard of and, right. and that he's never heard of and so wow. he's been dutifully trying to find a lot of these records and there is a you know like a reissue series of some of those Italian prog records he's been buying those through like some Amazon are, Ita- Italia yeah, yeah. some of them are pretty good <clears throat> yeah I mean the ones the Italian bands I've heard but also also some of them sound exactly like each other all the time exactly so that's yeah. always a problem with any genre but uh yeah because i know that there was a there was an effort by the guys in emerson lake and palmer to to introduce a lot of these bands to um you know a worldwide audience by having yeah. them re-record a lot of their songs with english lyrics uh-huh like uh pfr was one of them in bonco and because a couple others that i can't think of and so yeah, there's that fascinating, like, you know, Italian prog and French prog, and there's Greek stuff, and it's just kind of all over oh, Europe. And too, so yeah. it's oh, crazy. And, and German. And German, of Kraut course. Rock, yeah. Which is, which nobody ever calls it prog, but that's what it was. I mean, you listen to that new <laughs> can thing that just came out, the, oh, no, the live thing. It's like, that's a prog rock record. That's it's like, like, that's the Grateful Dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I only got, <clears throat> we were, Melissa and I were driving to go get some uh, tasty uh, food at Dirty Lettuce. So if you ever need southern vegan food, go to Dirty, Dirty Lettuce. Lettuce. Shout it's out awesome. Dirty Lettuce if you want to sponsor us. We are <laughs> really willing to listen. Just give us a free meal. Um, <laughs> so we were there and I was listening to it and I got about halfway through Eins and I was like, I, I don't want to listen to this right now. I just couldn't. You, you got to be in a headspace for that one. Yeah, yeah, that was my that was my problem. Anyway, yeah. So so definitely so, like Krautrock is the same idea of yeah. Prague, but go so, ahead. Sorry. So I can hear the connections with the fall, knowing like that. Uh, I, knowing that Marky Smith is a William Blake fan, mm-hmm. read his stuff, and and I th- and you know I think both of the bands we're talking about here, the Monks and, and Henry Cow and Slap Happy, kind of fit into his interests musically, right? Um, which again is why I I don't understand, and I think we might get into this with, with my worst cover pick, <laughs> least favorite cover pick, uh-huh. is this why he wanted to recover all these like boneheaded like country and garage rock songs? Yeah, because he was. A much smarter than that, and B, you know, was listening to all this clearly interesting music. So like, yeah. you know, I don't know why he didn't want to go. Maybe he got it out of his system making music with everyone else, or it was the musicians that he chose to work with. That they, you know, you know, that could be it. It the, could be. And there's, there's been a few times in our discussions where um, other prog bands have come up. Yeah. Like, um, God damn it! <laughs> what was the one? Uh, 
okay. Anyway, sorry. I mean, he he. They do a lot of stuff like they did a cover of not the moles, but the uh, groundhog <laughs> groundhogs. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Who would, aren't necessarily prog? They're more like English blues, but it's still that same idea of. Some of their stuff delves into that, yeah. gets into that territory a bit. Those like crazy expansive songs that we're getting into. Oh, Vandergraaf yeah. Generator, goddamn! There it. you go. So, uh, but it, but Peter and so, Hamill. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So it's always kind of weird, like where when he does when they do something that's proggy, and you're like, huh? He he wasn't he didn't never really seem like the type to be into prog, but it's always stuff that is like Henry Cow or Vandergraaf yeah. or something like that. This it wasn't the stuff like Yes or. Right. Or ELP or whatever, you know? Yeah, I wonder, and, and and not knowing... Yeah, I don't know his opinions about bands like Yes or any of the other prog bands like King Crimson, something like that, that yeah. were from <laughs> England around that time. Like, did he turn his nose up at those guys, thinking that they're just, like, too yeah, know, intellectual or well, just, like, ridiculous? Or, I think I'm, that a lot of this... I think from... He's mentioned some of the prog stuff for listening to that in the 70s. Yeah. Um... And it was stuff like Vandergraaf and and definitely like the the German side of things too, yeah. with Noi and, and Can and stuff. Um, so we, I know that it's there, but I also think that part. So, and I, I think a part of him doing like uh, garage rock stuff and stuff like that is. I want to say it's closer to like the whole working class aesthetic. Sure, I think. I, and I, I don't I haven't read that anywhere it's just, just like a it's a good theory though. it's a theory yeah. and it gets more and it he tends to build it more and more in later in life as yeah. it goes um, so I think that that's part of it maybe just because I know like American country music at least just subjectively from the people I've known in from England like you know American country music tends to be total working class sort of thing yeah they love american country music yeah they love yeah. that so um so i think that might that might be part of it too that, yeah i think that, eh. that tracks because uh, you know I, because you think about any lineup of the band all great musicians but they weren't like virtuosos or like big technical you know chris howe robert fripp right steve well Howell. and there's that too yeah. yeah and i think he kind of i think it plays into that working class thing where i think he wanted to be accessible in some way and not really alienate people but then you get like these weird things like him covering a henry cow slap happy song or right. the groundhogs and just like maybe throwing these little bits in there at least for that period up until you know the last like 15 years of the band's run when he was like just going all in on that like soccer hooligan garage rock sound <laughs> right you know? right oh and i should say too like this is another one where they've taken this song that's in a really weird time signature and kind of straightened it out yeah. but they didn't make it Garage. It wasn't like a hit the drum on every two and four sort of cover. Right. So they straightened out this weird time signature, but also like the cover itself is kind of weird. There's a lot of weird yeah. stuff going on, and it's like a lot of layered stuff. And then they sing over the top. You know, it's actually pretty interesting. So, yeah. Who produced um, Middle Class Revolt? Do we remember? I don't remember, and I didn't write it down. That's okay. And I was just trying to remember where it was, but it would take me too long to find it. <laughs> And I don't this feel is, like I, I was going to bring my laptop over, but I thought, yeah. you know what, it'll just be too distracting. So I'll just leave it home, but then I could use it for information. Yeah, like this, I know. I was like, I, could, I guess I could go get the. Yeah, because I, I know, like, Extricate was, you know, Cold Cut produced some stuff, and then I think Craig Leon did most of the other, the rest of the record. Oh, that is, that is crazy. 
Although, or at least I guess some of the record, sense. but because you know he was connected with Tackhead and Adrian Sherwood and all yeah, those guys, and so that, that kind of fits sense. in with the sound of that record for sure. I love, uh, sorry, I love that uh, weird Alien album they put out of his. Yes, that is awesome. I haven't listened to the second one uh, as much, but the first one was amazing. Yeah. So anyway, so anyway, a little digression, but that's yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Didn't he also do something for the Ramones? Like, wasn't he like the tape op for the first Ramones? Yes. Some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway. Good choice. That's a good choice. Yeah. I love yeah. Peter. I love Slap Happy and Peter Blackwood stuff. Like, um, anybody if you don't know if, if you ever heard um. I think this is right. I think they did Blue Flower, right? It was a Slap Happy song. Maybe. And I, th- you know, I don't know. And it was covered on the first Mazzy Star record. And then I heard like the Pale Saints did a version of it for a single. And I got into Peter Blackwood through XTC because Andrew, Andy Partridge worked with him on a couple of oh. projects. See, I've so. never. I just came to Slap Happy a little while. Not a little while ago. It's probably like 10, 15 years sure. ago. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like yesterday. Right. Um, so uh, no, I I had kind of missed them, mm-hmm. and then got was there was a time there where I was going back and finding a bunch of RAO stuff and right. that I hadn't heard, and they came up, or well, like I saw they re-released one of their albums or something like that, and I found them. So yeah, I finally remember. I I just dawned on me my tradition of slap happy is the bong water. Oh, they, they cover the drum on oh, okay. too much sleep, and they mess with the lyrics a little bit so they're kind of referencing themselves you know, <laughs> that was, that's like the uh, that's not what Bongwater did with everything yeah I know <laughs> um, speaking but of Bongwater favorite band no they're great yeah. uh, we were watching we're, we're watching Man in the High Castle and, and Magnuson shows up oh like cool second or third season yeah it's kind of a small part like a couple of episodes but I was just like who is that and I had to like Look and I'm like, oh my god, that's yeah. who that is. Yeah, it was weird. I love her. <laughs> I love her. Um, so, so those are our faves. Yeah. You know I mean, I don't have much to say about my least fave. Should I, should I go first? Go for it. Yeah, let's do it that way. Okay. My least favorite, and this was kind of a hard one, but I've been complaining about this one for years now. <laughs> it's so, true. It's true. Uh, so they do a cover of a day in the life that was for a Beatles cover album which actually has this great version of within you without you by sonic, sonic youth, youth yeah. yeah okay you've heard that yeah, yeah I, I don't know that. that i've heard many of this of the songs off there it's, except for that sonic yeah youth it's sergeant the, the name of the comp is sergeant pepper knew my father <laughs> uh the nme put it out like you know funded it and put it out it was a it was a benefit record to for like a children's charity in england oh wow okay um it's it's a weird mix of stuff because it's like Billy Bragg's on there doing She's com- She's Leaving Home. Uh-huh. The Wedding Presents doing Getting Better. <laughs> there's a jazz quartet that does one. The jazz, yeah, the quartet that does one M64, oh, which right. is really great. And then there's like Wet, Wet, Wet <laughs> and Frank Sidebottom and stuff like that. Oh, so it's Frank just, Sidebottom's on it? Yeah, oh, wow. so it's a okay. weird mix of, you know, huh. if you ever want to hear, uh, yeah, Wet, Wet, Wet singing Little Help with, but from My Friends, <laughs> boy, are you in luck. I don't think I will. But, you know, maybe one of these days before I die. Uh, <laughs> I'll bring it over sometime. No, no, yeah, do that. It's Because like, I, I am curious now. Like this, I mean, I can imagine the Billy Bragg one the stuff that's being okay, The stuff that's but, good on it is really good. And the stuff that's bad is like... Really bad? I just want to <laughs> skip right over that stuff, yeah. But, so, I, I, yeah. 
So this is definitely of the latter for me. And it ha did I even say the title? I can't even remember. You did, A Day in the Life. Okay, yeah. so I did. <laughs> so A Day song. in the Life. Yeah. yeah, the only thing I wanted to say was just like, um, the band did really great on it. Like, it sounds actually pretty good as far as the band playing and stuff. Yeah. But Mark, like, I don't know if it was like a piss take or just like what... But his vocals on it are so bad that I can't even make it all the way through. <laughs> and, you what? know, I don't know what he was thinking or what was going on. But, yeah, wow. they're just, okay. they're really bad. And, and you know, and I do like the Beatles a lot. I guess yeah. just from being as a kid, yeah. you know, or whatever. But, but, yeah, I just, that kills me every time. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. And plus, it's you know the fall. Yeah, so, yeah. it's the fall. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. Um, so anyway, that song sucks. It drives me insane. There you go. <laughs> I'm trying to remember how. My brother made me a tape like years ago that had the full tribute album, uh -huh. the full cover album of the Sgt. Pepper on one side, a bunch of crap on the other. He actually threw a couple extra Beatles covers, like Colin Newman's Blue Jay Way oh. at the very end, and another one right, or two. Right. Um, I remember, I remember, I still like it. I don't love it. I think it's it's funny to me. The fall covering the Beatles in general, <laughs> just because like you know, it, it seems like a band that he would kind of you know sneer at. Yeah, yeah. Just for being so popular. But that's why I was kind of wondering if the whole thing was like a piss take for yeah. Mark. I want to know the story of like how they agreed to do this. How and why they were like, yeah, we'll do A Day in the Life. Why not? Like, yeah, did, exactly. did Bricks talk him into it or somebody at Steve? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. But I, I, I guess I don't mind thinking of it as a piss take. That's why I don't mind the, the, the lyrics, the, the vocal turn so much. Because what it reminds me of is if you ever saw uh, Nirvana on Top of the Pops... Like around the time when Smells Like Team so. Spirit was like right. really at its peak. They were on the show and he sort of like, he did the lyrics live. He did the vocal live and was just like doing this really load up on, you know, sort of thing. Just like really growly, like crooning through the whole song rather uh -huh. than doing the normal vocal. And so it was one of those songs that was like thrown around in file sharing services for years of people like, oh, listen to this strange Nirvana cover or whatever. Like, no, that's actually Kirk doing this thing. So it reminds me of that. It's like they're kind of poking, he's kind of poking fun at the whole art, artifice of this experience of being on this TV show. Right, right. And I feel like it's the same thing with this. Though I think Mark is, is fucking around with this idea of this song and how canonized the Beatles were even then and have only become more so now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, and I totally understand that. Yeah, but I just don't need to listen to it. That's my thing. I don't want. And luckily, need to. you don't have to. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because it's not really on any of the records. I don't know if it's been compiled a, on anything. I have a comp that has that. That's how I heard it. Okay. We, I, Melissa bought this fall comp for like a buck at the Love Garden in Lawrence years ago, mm -hmm. and gave it to me. And it's on there. Okay. And I can't even remember what else is on there because I think I listened to the whole thing once and it's just like. Nope. Yeah, I mean it was it was definitely later stuff. I need to dig that back out. I mean I've kept it just because, you know, we uh, keep these things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not de denigrating it or anything. I yeah. just don't. It's just one of those things where I'm just like ah no. But it's it's also one of those rare experiences I think of them like uh, the band and Marky Smith like 
deigning to be part of like this compilation that was like a benefit. No, that's record, true too. You know, yeah. like I don't, th I don't think there's any other examples of that of them like we're gonna donate a song to this, you know, this comp to benefit the Red Cross or something like that. Like yeah, there's so yeah. many of those records that are out there. Uh, I can't think of like you know for the Bosnian refugees or like you know right you know, med doctors without borders and things like that. So. <laughs> Yeah, they never really got into that very much and weren't necessarily a, that political a band. No. You know, I also at least think outwardly. That, I don't know. Yeah, I also think that um, it's it's a shame that the band worked that hard to make it sound that good. And then, like, <laughs> I mean, just because I was listening to Partially today, I didn't listen to the whole thing because I couldn't. Uh, but, yeah, the band just obviously worked pretty hard to, like, yeah. do lots of overdubs with stuff and you know yeah. whatever i mean they was, were probably they worked all, really hard on it so. they're probably all big beatles fans so why wouldn't they i felt pretty bad yeah for them but yeah anyway <laughs> so that's <laughs> that just, my pick well, that just fits into mark's mo to me in that way like we're gonna put all this work into it and mark's just coming oh no I'm mark's gonna pretend to tape over it on ax on accident <laughs> yeah no know? i'm sure it's like <laughs> i mean i'm not surprised at anything i've brought up or you know yeah I don't think yeah that yeah, it's, yeah i you know whatever I just don't need it in my life. <laughs> I mean, you know what? That actually reminds me. Got the got to get you into my life. That would have been a better fall cover because I would love to hear him just. Oh go. yeah. <laughs> just to say that in that Marky e. Smith way, <laughs> and I'm not going to imitate it, dear listener. So go ahead and run it through your head now. Yeah, we'll, okay. give, you, we'll give you a second here. Okay, so you get it. All right. Anyway, I think I think they should have done. She's leaving home. I spent a lot like just I, as a as an acoustic ballad. Yes, <laughs> just Mark on his own, surrounded by some candles. Um, you know, I just I, I remember I I ran through a thing in my head when I was in high school of like trying to figure out like a version of that for the White Album, of, like all these different bands covering songs from the White Album. Oh right. And because uh, I because I remember the plan I believe was Sonic Youth was going to cover the White Album. And oh. they got as far as like working out a version of back in the USSR that they played live a couple of times, but it never went any further than that. And I was like, okay, so if you got that, like who else would cover stuff? Like what would work in my head? And so all I can remember is I think I had My Bloody Valentine doing long, long, long. Wow, that would have been pretty cool. Right? Yeah, that would be so, good. So Kevin Shields, <laughs> you're listening. I know you're a big fan. That's my idea to you. There you go, Kevin. We hear you're working in the studio again. So, yeah. Here's your chance. Yeah. <laughs> So my least favorite cover that The Fall did was it falls into that vein of uh, in that school of songs of them just covering, you know, garage rock songs that probably Mark E. Smith was a fan of. Uh -huh. And it was their version of Wanda Jackson's Funnel of Love. And I don't even remember what record this was on, if it was on a single or something. I don't remember. I'm, it was later on, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I can't remember. But, you know, we were talking about this before we started recording. I don't like the song right. in general. I think it's just a silly song with a silly, dumb metaphor. Wow, Yams just knocks Yams. shit down. I'm going to go get Yams. Okay. So, yeah, so I'm not a big fan of the song. I don't think, I think the, the lyrical metaphor is just stupid. <laughs> um, really just, you know, blatant as all get out. I mean, there are tons of songs that are like that that I don't like very much. Like, it kills me that, like, Chuck Berry's biggest single was My Ding-A-Ling, you know? <laughs> 
or like you think of something like shaving cream or something like that. Just like a really dumb Dr. Demento-y type of thing is how it feels to <laughs> right. me, you know? No, as much yeah, as the, the as much as the production on the original is great and the, the performances is just like come on, funnel of love. Yeah, come yeah. Come on, we get it. Wanda Jackson. Yeah. And I don't yeah, I, I mean those those it's kind of a jumble of like my least favorite songs of the covers that the fall did is it falls into that category of like Effold and money and white lightning right, and these songs right. were just like, you know, it's fun to listen to, but you know, I'd rather hear an original or yeah, yeah, just rather yeah. hear even like I'd rather even just listen to the the Sparta FC, <laughs> you know, soccer chant song. You know, right, I, right. I don't need the Again. rest. The, the covers, ugh, you know. Yeah. I mean, it must have been fun for them to do it. I don't. I don't doubt. I mean, there's a reason a lot of those songs ended up in the set lists that they did later on. Probably because they're the lyrics that Marky e. Smith could remember, <laughs> and you know they're probably fun to play. I mean, I was never in a garage band, so I don't, you know, I don't know. Right, I don't, right. I never played "Walking the Dog" in my life, so I don't, I don't know. Why would you? I, that's just standard, you know. No, no, I know. garage band material, right? You know? Yeah, no, it is. I was just thinking, why would you after 1967 or? Six? You'd be surprised. I know some folks. You no, know. No, yeah. No. <laughs> um, uh, the only thing I have to say is I like the song, but I completely understand why yeah. you wouldn't want to. <laughs> why you wouldn't want to listen to it? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's why I don't go. F- I, don't, I never like pull those later records off the shelf. Yeah. If, if rarely, if at all, just because like eh, this isn't the same appeal to me, you know. No, totally. I understand. Um, when I do listen to them, I usually. I mean, there's definitely songs I skip, but definitely the covers are ones that I skip. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I have nothing to add except I completely understand. And you never <laughs> seen. Uh, this is the thing you were talking about the day in the life vocal take. I mean, uh-huh. never seems to take the vocals on any of those covers very seriously at all. Right. Yeah. Like if you you listen to like their cover of White Lightning, it sounds like you're sort of sleepwalking through it. <laughs> you know. Or drunk walking. Or drunk walking. Yeah. 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 Not yeah, put the speed away for at least a little while, you know. Just <laughs> back in the loggers for a couple, you know, for this, this session. Wake up, yeah, or something, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Interesting, yeah. Daniel, yeah, but you're a Beatles fan though. Like, oh yeah, I like yeah. the Beatles. Yeah. I can't say yeah, no, I listen to them a lot. So yeah, I think in like second grade, I said they were my favorite band or third or something. Sure. When asked, who the hell asked me? I don't know. I think it was like a school thing, like. Name your favorite music right. group. And, you know, it's like my mom liked the Beatles. Yeah. She liked the early stuff. So, sure. like, finding the older Beatles stuff or the, you know, later Beatles stuff was uh, interesting to me because I had to find it on my own. Yeah. So, but, um, and then just the shit that we play on the radio. But, yeah, I'm definitely a Beatles fan. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm as well. I, you know, I have my faces with them. I've wanted to listen to them a bunch and then not want to listen to them for a while. Yeah, same here. With a lot of bands that, that is that way. I also um, don't think there's... <sighs> I won't say great, but they get stuck with a lot of, oh, they were the first ones to do this when obviously they weren't even the 30th one to do it. I'm shaking my head really quietly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, no, it's true. So that shows up a lot in Beatles lore and shit and it's just all boomer bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's right. That's where I struggle with it because as much as I like the music and like the uh, like the, like the music, like the production, like some of the stories about it and like some of the a fair chunk of the solo stuff that they did as well after they broke up like just the whole yeah you know 
canonization of them and, and the, the as you say the lore about them that just you know yeah it, it gets to be a bit much and I think it's why I left a lot of that classic rock stuff alone like the the, the big people like Dylan or Springsteen it's like because they were just like drilled into right. your head from reading Rolling Stone and these these and from everyone else talking about them as being like these gods I just you know it's like you know there is new music being made i know like i i don't know why you're not paying attention to what's happening around you that's why it took me a long time to get into dylan or springsteen i still don't really buy into springsteen as much as everyone else in the world seems to no i don't i'm the same way so yeah uh i will say i am the kind of person who likes nebraska (laughs) but that's because that's my musical aesthetic yeah like some guy alone in his house recording shit like yeah. like or a group of guys or women or yeah aliens or whatever like that's my aesthetic is more than redoing some Phil Spector knockoff 500 times <laughs> over 6 months just to get it to sound perfect yeah or whatever the fuck they were doing yeah and Dylan I have I don't know like there's just stuff about Dylan where I'm always I'm always it's always good or bad I can't like I'm wishy-washy on him sometimes yeah same here I never thought he was a lyrical genius which is what always cracks me up about people yeah especially people whose taste in literature I appreciate a lot like you know they really love Dylan and that's because they probably grew up with that stuff I think so yeah that's that's that happens too if you grew up with it you were part of that zeitgeist and so you're like I think so you know um yeah yeah I'm not a I could go either way with both those dudes (laughs) I could go either way with Dylan more than Springsteen Springsteen I'm like I'm okay with but Uh you know I saw him live once a buddy was coming Uh, to town to see him play at the Moda Center one of the arenas here in town and I was like, hey, I got this extra ticket. You want to go? And I was like, yeah, I'll go. I'd never seen Springsteen before. And it was it was great. I mean, it was as a live show goes, it was pretty great. They played for no, a bit. three plus hours nonstop. <clears throat> and he just they put they put it all out there. And you gotta respect that. No, yeah. You know? yeah. But at the same time, you know, I remember oh man. I just remember I was making jokes about it on Twitter while I was at the show. <laughs> and I made some joke where it was like, you know, what they don't tell you is that they stop the show halfway and make you watch Lily Hammer. Which was, you know, Little Steven's other show where he was playing a, uh, a, a gangster that was in the witness protection. And I like, actually remember that show. Yeah. I watched it. It was actually not that horrible. No, I, I don't think... I've never seen it. And I'm sure it's probably fine, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I'm a Sopranos fan. Don't get me wrong. But I just thought it was, I thought it was a funny joke. And then I got kind of, you know... People were kind of mad at me. A couple of people were like, don't make fun of a Springsteen show. What are you doing? I'm like, I'm not making fun of the show. I'm making fun of Little Steven's acting career. <laughs> I know. Like, if you heard his radio station, ugh, you know? Man, I, I hate listening to him talk. I don't, you know? People give you a lot of shit for no apparent reason, Bob. That's what, what, that it's what they do. It's, it's, what, it's what the internet and social media is all about, my friend. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't th- that's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> anyway, I think, uh, I, I think going to see him would be a great thing. I yeah. find Bruce Springsteen corny as all hell. But yeah. you know, that's I, and my I'm the same way. It. But I, you know, I was still just like, "Hey, this is a fun show, and people are having like the greatest time at this." And who can yeah, deny yeah. that? Yeah, I yeah. saw Dylan once too, and it was like, good. "I've never seen him." Yeah, this was not that long ago. Is it you know one of those like I'm on assignment kind of shows? Uh-huh. And so I was like, "Yeah, go see Dylan. Why not?" It'd still be good to see. It, him. it was still yeah, it was still great to knock it off my list and just be like, "I saw Dylan, and he was really good, and mm-hmm. he's got a great backing band, and is clearly getting you know he's not like a dynamic." 
live performer as far as like moving around the stage or whatever. He just right. kind of stood there for the most part and sang the songs and kind of cocked his hips a little bit with the instrumental bits and just kind of getting into it. And that's about it, really. What else but, you are know, you going to do? Yeah. I mean, that motorcycle wreck really took it out of Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm sort of, I'm sort of, you know, which feels weird at 46 now to feel like I'm slowly getting into his stuff because it feels like most people that I know who are my age are like uber Dylan fans and are just looking uh, askance at me like, why don't you already love this guy and love everything he's ever done, including the 15-minute song he did about the Kennedy assassination that right. came out two years oh, ago. Oh, that shit. Yeah, and I'm just like, that's why. Because he keeps doing that or like Records of the Dead and I'm like, ugh, I don't know if I can ride with this, but yeah. you know. But, you know, I will I will give him a sh- uh, the stuff that I hear every once in a while. I'm like, yeah, this is a good song. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Blonde on Blonde is a great record. I, will, I won't deny that, but it's not like I'm not falling over myself about him. That's yeah. why we're not doing a Dylan podcast. We're doing a podcast about the fall. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think one of the things that, one of the things we've always just been circling around in the, the, doing these episodes is about Marquis Smith's musical taste. Uh-huh. Which is why, again, it's weird to me that them covering the Beatles, that I feel like it had to have been the rest of the people in the band, like, <laughs> saying, let's do this, we gotta do this. I mean, A, it's, it's for, for charity, it's for a good cause, yeah. and come on, it'll be fun, and we'll do a Beatles song, and it's like, maybe he's like, well, then we're, I'm just gonna pick, like, the one that no one probably wants to do. Right. Day in the life. Right. Right. You know, well, so it's I like wonder- if they were gonna do the White Album, they would have picked Revolution Number Nine. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I kind of wonder if, uh, if actually the band just was like, yeah, we'll do it. We'll 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 let, we'll get him in there, and then so they had it all recorded, and then just like, yeah. Hey, Mark, since you're here, we've got this. <laughs> <laughs> And he, that you know, would be funny. And they had to have known. I mean, he had to have known the song. I mean, oh, you know, I'm sure. In England, the Beatles are unavoidable, even today. Oh, I'm sure. Like even he would have been a kid, right, at that point. So he yeah. would have been old enough to, to have. It would have been everywhere. Yeah. When he was a kid. Yeah, he'd so. have been like 13 or something like that when that record came out. Maybe yeah. a little, maybe a little younger. But yeah, it's so, yeah. And the Beatles are just—they're still just like. I remember. I was just thinking about the. Um, the closing ceremonies, I think, or the open, open, opening or closing ceremonies of the, the, the London Olympics. Uh, oh, right. And there was like a big, like, there was the Arctic Monkeys covering Come Together on at this point. And then there was this one thing where they're doing Imagine, and like all these people come out of the out of the, the shadows and put together this like sculpture of John Lennon's face. And it's like, what what is going on here? I was it's hoping like, you were going to say John Lennon's dick, but that's okay. Yeah, the no, face is fine too. Whatever. There, there are record covers you can see John Lennon's dick if you really want that. <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. No, I, 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 like, I like making fun of John Lennon a lot. For some reason, I think it's because he's... Same reason I make fun of Kurt Cobain. It's like... Oh, yeah. When yeah. people get relegated to Jesus st- status... Yes, like, I, f- I feel the give same. Give me a fucking break, man. I've been... I've just been... I've been only thinking about Lennon recently just, just doing some writing about Yoko Ono. Oh, okay. And just, you know, feeling out about, like, their relationship and their careers. Yeah. And, like, kind of ran parallel for a while, but, like, in completely wildly different sides of things. You know, mm-hmm. if you think about, like, I always think about the, the, the show that they did in Toronto for, like, the big peace festival. And it's like, you're right. going to get, like, me and Eric Clapton and this great band, but then you're going to get Yoko as well, and she's going to do what she does, and, like, you're either on board or you're, all, or you're not. And it's like... God bless him for that. Yeah, he was yeah. Just like we're gonna do this crazy avant-garde shit for this live audience that just wants to hear me do, 
Beatles songs. Beatles songs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's great. You got to respect that. Or doing the same thing with like the rock and roll circus, you know? Right, right. And no, I remember. Yeah, I can remember. I think the actual one time I've actually sat through all the rock and roll circus is just like. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> like, yeah, that was really funny. I mean, so, it is it is a weird thing. Is like, that the one where Chuck Berry's playing with him and he makes that face like, "Whoa, hey!" When she starts singing. No, like, that, I think that's the Dick Cavett when they were hosting the Dick Cavett. Oh, show, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, it's it's just so funny. To, you know, it's it's also weird to me just like how he was just. And I don't mean to get off on a Lennon and Ono thing. It's also <laughs> weird to me just like how he's like, "I need to have her with me at all times." And right. I think that's a, there's that there's that documentary that's coming out in a couple months that Peter Jackson is putting together oh. from the footage of them recording "Let It Be," oh. sort of like the alternate version of the. I think they want to make like the version where it's like we're not arguing in the studio. <laughs> this is when we're all getting along and everything's great. We're making an amazing record. It's the Paul cut. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And it's like I want to see you want to see the Michael Lindsay Hogg version where they're like at each other's throats and that's the end of the band. Yeah. But this is like the happy time. But it's like Yoko's in like every scene because he just wanted her nearby at all times. Right. To the point where I was I was, I was reading that like she got sick at some point, so he had like. Some bed, bed made yeah. in the studio so she could be there. It's like, it's a little much. Little you know, I mean, I've been in relationships that have been codependent and a little too, you know, but that's a little, you know. It's, that was... <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how... You, to... you won't see Marky Smith doing that for bricks, <laughs> goddammit. No, no, he no. would find someone else. Yeah, exactly. No, I was just going to say that was a really weird relationship. I don't understand why all the Beatles fans hate her. I think no, some of I don't stuff's either. really amazing. Yeah. But that was a really weird relationship. Yeah. And there was a lot of weirdness going on, on on his end. Yeah. And probably her end, but since because his stuff is more that guy ugh, that guy John Lennon drives me insane. That's I get all you. I'm gonna say. I got yeah, so um anyway. So there you go. <laughs> that was a tangent. We ended we, up not we, talking about the fall much, but that's we, all right. That's the whole point of the episode. We ended right? on hating John Lennon, Hiram, hating John Lennon. <laughs> feel free to let me know how you feel about that or not. I don't give a fuck. <laughs>